Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. Grab your controllers. It's time to play some Star Wars games here on the big show, the main show, the Super Star Destroyer of our fleet. Joseph Scrimshaw, you're here on the bridge as well. Jennifer's out on 
assignment, as yes. they say. <laughs> Taking a well-earned vacation, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I like the image of being on the bridge of the Star Destroyer with controllers, like we're controlling the Star Destroyer. That'd be the better Just way to like, fly you know, a ship. The X button. The yeah. X button. <laughs> Push the X button. <laughs> Push the X button and we'll, Commander. We are going to be talking Star Wars video, video games, video games in a galaxy far, far away. Joseph and I are still playing Battlefront 2. There's some updates this week for Battlefront 2. We just started talking about video games, and we want to completely dig in, geek out, and talk about all of the Star Wars. All of them. Oh, yeah, we're going to go back even, I think, to the 70s and early 80s when talking about some of the games here. Um, That's coming up here in a bit. But we always want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We'll do a Star Wars book recommendation a little bit later. Check it out. We always like to catch up. It's just you and I today. Yeah. Kind of old school. Yeah. I mean, we data bank and we rank, but yeah, there was a time where, you know, Jennifer's schedule wasn't as free as it is now. Yeah. So this is nice. Yeah, it's it, it is nice. It, I mean, there's a little lonely. I feel it, it is lonely. It's a little sad that yeah, yeah other chair over here empty. Yeah. but yeah, but it is. This is old school. We are not a complete team without Jennifer, <laughs> but uh, this reminds me of, of the early days and uh, Star Wars adventures. We always like to catch up on. We had some fun life adventures together yeah, this weekend. But yeah. any, any, anything else going on? Today? I had a really fun, strange Star Wars adventure with my wife. Sarah. it's not that strange. It's strange that I made time for it. Um, we finally played, I picked up uh, at a game store, the Star Wars Destiny card and dice game. Oh, yeah. Fantasy Flight game. It's kind of a collectible card game, but they don't call them that it, it anymore. I think mostly just for branding reasons. Sure. Because people understood, oh, collectible card games, those are like drugs. Yeah. And this is like, it's a game. If you want to collect the cards, <laughs> you can. Uh, but it was really, really fun. It was yet, an, we're going to talk about video games today, but it was yet another way to interact with Star Wars. We just played the basic, like, mm-hmm. uh, beginner's pack. Uh, that you you get to play if you're a bad guy you're Kylo and Phasma if you're good guys it's Ray and Poe. Is it like uh, like I used to play War with the the cards? Is it like how does it work? Just yeah. some rules? Yeah, I've so, never played one of these card games. Okay, so it's a uh, the the really r- ridiculous mechanic that's fun is you the characters are ready or exhausted. So you put your cards out, and then when you do their activity, you turn them to the sides, and then that's exhausted, and that's the sort of the game turn. Okay. But it's really fun to just be like, in order for Kylo to do anything, he has to be exhausted. <laughs> I, that's that's a the ready or exhausted is a yeah. good t-shirt for life yeah <laughs> is kylo ready or is he exhausted it's just really another fun way to crawl into the world of star wars because you get yeah. like uh attachments that you can do uh upgrades to the character so kylo had an imperial dignitary whispering to him uh, he gets his lightsaber uh attached to him you know all sorts of fun fun things. games yeah fun mechanics and fun uh just sinking into the world of like well some Yoda just inspired you and you got two shields, but then I played Darth Maul and Darth Maul scared you and your shields went away, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah, I I, I, I don't know why I've been never t- taking that dive into any kind of card game. Yeah, I mean, I grew up playing Uno and I had a nice <laughs> set of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe cards for war. It was like the old okay, war yeah. game. You know? So uh, did they have the little figurines with this one or is that another set that I'm no, seeing? No, no. Fantasy Flight has a whole range of various okay. games that use a lot of, uh, particularly like the, all the X-Wing games. That's uh, what I'm thinking. And at some point we should dig in as a Force yeah. Center team and try playing one of those games. We did the Star Wars Monopoly. We yeah. can do that next. Yeah. A few more rules for this one. I a think. little bit yeah. more? <laughs> I'm, I'm so bad with rules there. And then together, along with a, a bunch of people, we got to get go on a taco crawl. A ta- 
taco crawl. I've been on many pub crawls, but a taco crawl, that was different. But you've been on some big pub crawls. Yeah. Like some annual pub crawls. Annual, that you have like to fly back to get. Yeah. <laughs> Painful. But yeah, was that your first taco crawl as well? I think it was my first taco crawl. I've done some Pasadena bar crawls, which are a different breed. Okay. Uh, but our friend uh, Darina, Evil Darina on, on Twitter, put together a nice little command team of yeah. taco aficionados. And yeah. we went down to... Kind of out, not downtown L.A. proper, but uh, on the outskirts of downtown L.A. Yeah. And did a lot of walking and a lot of tacoing. A lot of tacoing. There were some cocktails, and then there was heat. It yes. It was great. Oh, a lot it's of It's great. Heat. A lot of people dressed in black. Yeah. Walking in the bright sunshine going, why'd I do this? And for some, tacos. Some Star Wars talk along the way. <laughs> exactly. A little, little theme, uh, Star Wars theme. Life in Star Wars go hand in hand. They do. I didn't have any personal Star Wars uh, uh, missions, though. I did play a lot more Battlefront this week. Awesome. You're getting back into it, getting right? Getting back into it. Uh, and some new internet in my uh, house uh, has allowed me to stream Battlefront 2 more, okay. more pro- properly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been fun to kind of play and uh, dive into that there. So before we get into the big video game talk, we do want to do the news. Jennifer's not here to lead us through it, but uh, Joseph has volunteered his tribute to take us through the Star Wars news. Yeah, this is going to be just horrible and awful compared to the way Jennifer does it. She has it <laughs> written up. She's got a lot of alliteration yes. flowing. I'm just gonna, Here's some stuff that happened. What would you think, Ken? Here's a, here's a link. Read yeah, it. exactly. So one of the uh, big things is uh, Dominic Monaghan. Han has uh, officially joined the cast of Episode 9. Uh, of course, he is well known for being on Lost, for being in the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, are you excited about this, Ken? Who do you think he's going to play? As, as a big Lord of the Rings fan, I am excited about it. It's kind of that, I like little weird crossovers like that. Just like, you know, I love one of my Game of Thrones actors show up in Star Wars, etc., etc. But this is interesting. And, and again, not surprising. Similar to the Carrie Russell thing. And Greg Grunberg is another example. Yeah. JJ's like a lot of people loyal to some of his friends, and yeah. and and Simon Pegg was another example of that. Look, if suddenly you told me, "Hey, Ken, I'm going to go away and make Star Wars Episode 10, <laughs> be Joseph, do you mind if I play a stormtrooper? Oh yeah. So I think this makes sense. But you also got a great actor here, where I'm not a great actor, uh, Dominic Moynihan. It's not charity. It's it's a good. Good casting, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you have a prediction on who he will play? I I don't. Uh, however, I could see him. You know, people always go to the Richard E. Grant as a First Order officer, and I think you and I are kind of agreement that yeah. he's probably more of a bartender. <laughs> uh, I think Dominic Moynihan could be kind of on the First Order side. Yeah. I think he, we, we, we love him as a hobbit, but I think he can be menacing if he wants. He's got a nice clean, crisp, evil look to him if he wants. Oh, crisp and clean yeah. and evil, yeah. 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 I just want there to be some sort of not Penny's boat. If you're a, if you're a lost fan and know that moment, okay. I want that to be not Ray's ship, you know, some sort of inside joke. <laughs> I don't actually want that. Uh, there'll be a Saturday Night Live sketch that does that. that. Will do, yeah. um, now, there were rumors, uh, not rumors, I think he gave an interview, maybe even half-jokingly a while back, where he's like, I really want to be a Jedi. So that has gotten oh, a yeah. little bit of rumors stirring of like, could it be that far along in the progression of the timeline, that Ray is training people. How would you feel about that if Ray was training Mary from Lord of the Rings to be a Jedi? <laughs> I'd be okay with it, and I don't. I don't want to see Ray literally training anybody. Yeah, I don't want to see a uh, you know Master Ray. Uh, <laughs> what are midi chlorians? I don't want any of that kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, but knowing that maybe it happened, 
Or that someone else with force powers emerges and kind of it's a different kind of take on, yeah. on it. Yeah, I'd be okay with it. I don't want I want I don't want Jedi school. Yeah, I don't I don't think it will. I don't think there's no chance of that. But but him emerging, like say again, maybe say he already has, or he's from like another culture. We that Legend of Luke Skywalker book took us to other places. Yeah, a different kind of force user. He could be a be tide user, or what do they call it? The other tide, I think. Is yeah, the tide. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds funny. A, a tide user. You that's know, his favorite you, detergent. Yeah. <laughs> tide pod user. <laughs> that would be interesting to yeah. me. You? Yeah, I'm curious to see. Uh, I think our minds naturally go to first order resistance, and I yeah. think those things are likely. But I'm curious to see, based on the story, what other kind of roles there are. Like, yeah. if the story happens to be that, like, a specific planet is at stake, a specific culture is at stake, mm-hmm. is, you know, some of these people yeah. caught up in that. Do you think we're almost done with the bigger cast announcements, or do you think there's still some more surprises like this to come? I think there's some surprises, and again, it's the names that are sometimes bigger than the roles, but yeah. we know. But uh, I, I think we're going to have a lot more. It's certainly not a you know complete cast in terms of what's been announced. We know that there's going to be a lot of bit players and all those things that I love the little uh, little morsels of, of names that show up. But I think I think I wouldn't be surprised if we get one or two more. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, and we're moving on to our next bit of news. There is a new book coming out called Star Wars Icons, Colo, colon, colo, Han Solo. Uh, <laughs> those tacos coming back to haunt me. <laughs> Star Wars Icons, colon, Han Solo. So this is going to be written by entertainment journalist Gina McIntyre. It's going to be released on November 13, 2018, and it is going to cost $50. Ooh. We are going to need a bigger coffee table. This yeah. is a big coffee table book. It looks like it is all sorts of uh, interviews, some unreleased photos that are being released, but I'm sure there are more in the book. Some really cool photos, new interviews with uh, Harrison Ford and Alden Ehrenreich and going through the whole journey of, uh, mm. of the creation of Han Solo and his return and his return again as young Han Solo. So are you excited for this? Yeah, this is my favorite Star Wars character. Uh, this is um, the type of books I love. I don't, you know, they just sit on my coffee table, literally, or yeah. on my shelves, but I just I look at them and go, yeah, I have that. That's there. <laughs> I have a book that documents every professional day of the Beatles. Really? Um, I used to, in high school, read it a little bit more because I felt I needed to remem- memorize every day, but it's like, I haven't looked at the book in 20 years. It's sitting right over there in that shelf. I just like having it. Yeah. Because I'm a Beatle fan. I'm a Han Solo guy. This is a no-brainer. Add to cart. Yeah, it is the curse of the uh, coffee table book. That sometimes <laughs> you make time to sit down and read them, and sometimes they're just there to flip through flip every through. once in a while. But yep. uh, do you think there's going to be anything sort of new or juicy, or do you think it's more going to be like, if you did sit down and read it, amazing to hear this whole story play out all together? Because I, I bet it's going to be a lot of bits and pieces we know. But Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly I don't think they would have done this. And this is written by Gina McIntyre, an entertainment journalist. So she's going to maybe dig in. Maybe she did dig yeah. in a little deeper. So I would like to hear a little more. Again, actually, it's funny. I mentioned the Beatles. I, I'm such a fan of the Beatles. But in, in high school and college, I was an obsessive fan um, and knew almost every little detail of them. And so sometimes books would come out and I would buy them and I'd start to read them. And I didn't finish them because I was like... I. I know all this stuff. And it was a little disappointing. It's my fault for being that obsessive. <laughs> but also the story gets told so many times that... Yeah. You, you, so I would I would hope and, and think there's going to be something new. And also when you're talking to Alden Ehrenreich and there's a different take on it, I'd like to know more of his process of building a character, playing this icon. And Harrison, now we don't know a lot of him coming back. Right. You know? 
Yeah, we don't have a lot of that behind yeah. the scenes of The Force Awakens of exactly yeah. why did he decide to do this, like maybe bits and pieces here and there, yeah, but all put but together. Yeah, uh, do you think this is, it seems like it's trying to, uh, to launch a new series. This would be great. Now, are you going to get all of these at $50 a pop <laughs> if you get down to like Star Wars, <laughs> Icons, Bolly Prindle? Uh, uh, you're going to get them all? Price has uh, no no matter. No, no con- price is no concern to me is what I should say <laughs> at this point. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, if it's on Luke and Leia to start us off here, yeah. Vader's a good one. There's been a lot of Vader-specific material, but nothing in this form. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm very excited for Clear this Clear space now. And moving along to our next bit of news, Kelly Marie Tran uh, finally spoke out about leaving Instagram. She wrote in op-ed. Uh, she sort of discussed her perspective that she uh, that the negative comments that she did begin to internalize them, and it made her reflect on mm-hmm. uh, a lot of what it is like to grow up as a person of color in America and uh, basically sort of saying... I'm not going to let people mm-hmm. chase me away. I'm not going to let people's. I'm not going to internalize negative opinions about myself. Mm-hmm. I am who I am, and I'm good, and I'm here to stay. Yeah. And I was uh, I was really happy to see that because I, I we have had so much discussion. I think as we should. Yeah. About uh, the bullying of actors, um, but particularly Kelly Marie Tran, mm-hmm. and I have been anxious to just truly hear from her. Yeah. So I thought this was uh, really great, and I think sort of uh, worthy of us talking about on our Star Wars podcast because. Mm-hmm. It has been such an issue in the Star Wars community as well as other communities of bullying of stars yeah. and writers and all that. Yeah, and 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 I love what I love about this, and I, I think you and I have had discussions. This might be something that even came from your brain. So, <laughs> if I, I think I said this in Jedi Council, and if I and I did, and and, and I forgot to give you credit, I, I think you have. We talked about responding, not reacting. Yeah, and this is a super case of that. She took her time, was also, I'm sure, hurt, crying, upset, angry, maybe scared, too. It's all these things. So Absolutely. It wasn't like she's like, I'll sit back and wait for my time. No, she she went through probably a lot, went through a ride, and, and, and responds versus reacts. And yeah. that is so much more powerful in this day and age, I think, when you can just give, here is my response. Yes. And here's who I am still. And I, I really love that. Yeah, here I am kind of coming out the other side of it yeah. up to a point. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, I thought her piece was very powerful because I feel like uh, when we discuss very unique perspectives, Mm -hmm. I'm not a Vietnamese uh, person who's starred in Star Wars. Yeah. uh, So she has experiences that I do not. But when she describes it just as a lot of people saying negative things about me in that temptation to internalize them, Mm. I feel like everybody has had that experience. Yeah. If there's, you know, something about you that people picked on when you're a kid in school, there's that temptation to go, yep. Maybe they're right. Yeah. And let it affect you. And then you're kind of the one hurting yeah. yourself in a way. So I thought that was very powerful for her to articulate it that yeah. way. Um, and it gives me a little bit of hope of maybe that this will be a good step uh, toward pushing back to some of the bullying in a really positive way. There was, in general, there's always going to be dark corners, but there was, in general, a pretty positive response to this, at least from, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, yeah. from the fandom. You know what I mean? Like, there, there seemed to be a lot of, like, this this not, shut the shut up is not the right term, but you know this like the, you can't look at this and argue it too much. This is from her. Yeah. Um. I so I was encouraged by that. Yeah. It wasn't a you know a firestorm of well yeah well I still think you know there yeah. th- there is some of that. There's yeah, always gonna be somebody that, standing but. up and saying I I am going to be myself and I'm going to be yeah. I'm going to do good work and I'm going to be proud of it and I'm going to yeah. be, uh, 
own my own identity. And I'm going to choose what my identity is, and I'm going to own it. Close it with the, the my, my true name is Luan. Like, yeah. Love, like, all that stuff was great. Yeah. All the stuff was great. And, and, and on a side note, too, like, I, I think you and I definitely heard a lot of people, there had been this little weird rumor thing of, of why she left. Maybe even, I, I had heard, I'll say it now, I had heard a rumor she was not in the cast of episode nine. And yeah. so that was why. No, no, it wasn't why. The abuse was why. And yeah. so to hear it from her directly is powerful. Too. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like it's going to make a difference? Like, as you're describing it, it's a powerful statement. I think mm-hmm. it's a pretty positive statement. Yeah. Do you feel like it's going to help be maybe a guideline to help other people who, who have to deal with this kind of bullying? Oh, yeah. that that yeah, I didn't think of it in those terms. Yeah. I mean, Ruby Rose just went through it and still going through that horrible yeah. thing with the, with the bat. Uh, was it the Batwoman casting? Batwoman, yeah. Yeah. yeah so... Yes, yes. Um, handled with powerful grace, you know. Grace isn't always letting people walk over, you know what I mean? That thing, yeah. kindness can, can be confused with weakness. There's a very powerful, strong, determined voice in this statement here. But the the way it, it, it happened, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I would hope because it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen again. You know, as much as we want it to not happen, Someone else, Ruby Rose, was next. You know, it's yeah. gonna keep and, and, the and, battle goes on. The battle goes on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, moving on to our final piece of news. There are new samples, many new samples from the novelization of Solo, a Star Wars story, uh, written by Mer Lafferty. The new samples feature Kira's time after Corellia, after Han has escaped. Uh, there is an excerpt about L3 becoming one with the Falcon and a little bit about Enfys Nest making use of the coaxium at the end of the movie. Ken, did you read all of these excerpts? So, no, um, because I have this weird habit of, I almost consider them spoilers for the books, which is weird. Maybe it's me. You're shaking here too. No, you're not, you're not I, okay. I read them in, in because I wanted to talk about them. Yeah. You know, I volunteered to cover the news here and I wanted yeah. to know what I was talking about, but I don't need these excerpts. Yeah. I want to read the book and ha- they, they promise there's lots of other fun details, but there's some great stuff in there. I'm not even going to yeah. say it because I don't want to take people's choice away about what's in these excerpts. Yeah. There's some cool stuff that I can't wait to discuss. I can't wait. And I'm familiar with two of the, two of the ones we discussed. Uh, uh, it's forthcoming a little bit on uh, a couple weeks on Spotlight Star Wars. Sat down with Geek Girl Diva to do a Star Wars ranked and she stayed after and, and she had some strong opinions about this L3 bit. Yep. Falcon. So we talked about that. Um, I hadn't read it yet. So I'm familiar with that and I'm familiar with the Infus Nest one. Just something anytime I hear Infus Nest, I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And then I kind of poked through. <laughs> so I didn't read it, read it. I, I didn't read the Kira one. I'm excited for that. Um, but as far as yeah, there's 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 it's already some interesting things. This L three one, yeah, and I feel like I, I, I want to read the book and get yes. into it. The excerpt I I definitely did uh, have some questions with. I know some people are super not happy with it, uh, but I think we will talk about that in more detail. I just read these. I'm super excited for this novelization. Yeah, I love that they're handling it the same way they did with uh, Last Jedi. Oh like, yeah, we're going to expand on it so you get a new treat. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, I think it's one of those like when you're uh, a certain kind of Star Wars fan, you're like, I'm going to read the book. I don't need excerpts yeah. to tease me, but I know other people might. <laughs> and uh, Mer Lafferty writing this book, this is the first female author of a novelization of the movies, if I cool. cor- if I remember her saying correct. So I'll tweet that out. 
I, I mean, it's all good, man. And Infus Nest, I know, I know, I, I don't again want to spoil, but it's like, uh, yeah, the connection is pretty cool. There's some very cool stuff. I cannot wait to fully yeah. geek out about that. Do you have any sir? When it comes, I always, I think, I keep forgetting when it comes out because uh, I know the DVDs, Blu-rays coming out. I believe it is in uh, September. Okay, I did not write that down because I'm not as good as Jennifer. No, I got caught. News. I got caught too uh, over in Clutter. Same thing. I got asked the same question on air, and I was like, I don't know. Doesn't say. Soon times. <laughs> yeah. Very soon now. <laughs> um, but looking forward to that. Yeah, I think it, I think it is very soon. Coming soon. To I don't. A but I, I don't think you. it's listed in any like story clearly. You know, you just gotta, say you got to dig for it. Yeah, it should be the first thing. Not my fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> Are you excited to buy this? Well, you don't know when you can dig for it. Anyway, that is the news. With apologies to Jennifer. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure she'd be proud of both of us for trying so valiantly and, and uh, putting it all together. And uh, when next week she comes back, you know, we'll we'll get her perspective on some of these stories too and catch her up to that. Um, but before we do move on to our big story, our main story, looking at Star Wars video games, like we always like to do, we like to recommend a Star Wars book on Audible. And well, we got a theme today, Joseph. That's right. We are recommending Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad because it is a book that is a prequel to a video game, which I will never get over. And it is also, I think, a great book. It is really great book. So if you want to listen to it, download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad, our recommendation by Christy Golden. A lot of insight into the character of Aiden Versio, the lead character in Battlefront 2, the story mode, one of the big Star Wars games out there, and there's a lot to choose from. Decades now of Star Wars games, so we're going to dive into Battlefront 2, Star Wars video games, and more. Joseph, oh, we'll start from here. You and I, I wouldn't call us gamers, however, at various points in our life, We've logged enough hours that we would consider it a part of our lives. Yes. Is that fair to say? Oh, yes. At least for me, I don't want to speak for you. I consider myself a gamer for many years okay. until I dropped off a little bit, kind of in mm. uh, once the real uh, revolution of online gaming being normal for consoles. Yeah. I didn't dip into that as much. And then gamer began to t- take on a different level of identity. I was like, I play video games all the time. That's not enough. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's the feel. That's the feel I have. It wasn't enough to just play Mario 64 <laughs> in my room alone, you know? Yeah, we tennis? Okay. Yeah. It. All right. I'm out. So I got I, it. I just wanted to put that out there where we're having a discussion. Some things, you know, we might say some things about the video games behind the scenes stuff or uh, studios that make the games. And maybe we don't get it all right. I'm speaking more for me here than Joseph, but I just want to put that out there. But we are, we've been around the block. This is where our age brings some uh, wonderful experiences. We've yeah. been around for a long lot of games um and i think both at certain times joseph and i have both decided it's best to put down the controller for the sake of our lives yes that's been a huge necessity so i want to start here uh joseph with what is your first star wars video game your memory what hooked you in what was the first one for you? yeah i mean there's gonna be a lot of well back in my day in this discussion there's there's no way around it i remember playing the arcade game the that's the you know it wasn't even a new hope it was just the the Star Wars, Star Wars. Uh, uh, arcade game yeah trying to blow up and you know those large blasts uh, yeah. that they would fire at you that you could shoot out of yep. the space sky wireframe graphics yeah. yep yep uh, and I went to a place like a year ago a button mash here in Los Angeles that oh, still yeah. has that place. It was nearby game. nearby one of our taco spots. We yesterday. walked past it twice, yeah. and I was real tempted to go in and I, play this exact arcade oh, game. 
We could we could have we done that. Have, we could, why didn't we do why that? We abandoned the taco crawl. Why didn't we do that? Um, yeah, I think that is my answer as well because uh, a video game arcade in Pismo Beach, California, is no longer there. Used to be the spot. Now my dad still to this day plays games. Not a game. But he, he's an old he's an old man gamer. Like he's <laughs> he's loved video games for for a long time. He gets wrapped up in them. Like I think he lost a year of his life to Mist. Like he's that kind of game. So he used to love going down and playing the video games. And I would tag along, and my mom would be there. And like it was like here, can you get two dollars and quarters? Yes. And that was like enough for a couple rounds of that Star Wars game. And it was. Out of this world. It was insane. It was that feeling of being inside the world, which I yeah. think is yeah. the attraction of games in general. I think there is an element of wish fulfillment, obviously. Yeah. But in Star Wars, it's just it's crawling inside this galaxy far, far away is suddenly yeah. right here in your local arcade store. You can go to the galaxy far, far away. Was the game, remind me, was the game only the Death Star uh, trench run attack yeah. I don't think there was another mode. It was, no, I don't think so. Maybe it's some dogfighting for sure. But. Yeah, and the escalating difficulty. Like, I think yeah. it starts with the dogfight, and then I think you're blasting some of the towers on the Death Star. <laughs> These big blocks on the Death Star surface. <laughs> yes. it, yeah, it just looks like really crappy Ikea uh, furniture yeah. illustrated by neon, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still, it holds up. It's fun gameplay. And, yeah. uh, you know, the sounds, right? Yeah. It, that, yeah, yeah. That really, you know, brought you into it. Last time I played it was in Las Vegas a couple years ago. There is a pinball museum out there. Okay. Uh, a little bit off the, the new strip. And it's um, it's got a bunch of classic arcade games in there as well. A lot of Star Wars pinball as well. Okay. But yeah, that one's in there. And it was like, there's there's actually a picture of me somewhere just kind of like, <laughs> like playing. My friend <laughs> took it at me. Uh, did you ever play the Return of the Jedi one? Yes, but not, I don't have as anywhere near as strong of memories. I think I just... Yeah. crashed immediately because it was it was the speeder bike right there was there were several levels that was kind of told the story a little bit so okay the, the stand-up arcade one yeah there was the speeder bike there was the falcon and i think you were an atst at one point okay just weird because then you'd be killing ewoks but i don't know but i do i think i recall that yeah i feel like i remember doing the speeder bike once and yeah. just going like there are not enough quarters <laughs> In the world for me to, I, I did not grow up with, uh, yeah. uh, my, my parents worked hard, but I did not have a lot of extra money rolling Same around. <laughs> so it was sort of like, can you, you can look at this for five minutes. And yeah. That's it. Maybe. I have faint memories of playing it. It definitely wasn't as popular or widespread, uh, as the original one, as, as the wireframe one. So I, my memory is the same thing. It was like, I, 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 same arcade. I remember like, Ooh, this, um, and I remember the speeder bikes and the little like stacks of logs sitting there on a kind yeah. of side scroller, almost like Zaxxon kind of like at an angle scroller. Um, but yeah, it never, it, it didn't seem to catch on. Yeah. Well, I think already by 83, I had at home that my grandmother had bought, uh, cause we waited for Christmas because my grandmother had more money. So every once in a while, anything we nice we had, it was because grandma bought it. Good old grandma. Yeah, and I, I asked my parents to have grandma buy me the Death Star, but I was told that even grandma and Santa combined can't Good afford the Death Star. <laughs> uh, but she did buy uh, my brother and I these little plug-in mini arcade games of Pac-Man and Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah. And I think back then they were probably $50 a pop right. or whatever. So, uh, But I say that to illustrate, at, even in 83, you're already getting the, I can play at home and master this instead of, Spending mm-hmm. all in all of these quarters, so I wonder if that contributed to home video game is already rising. People aren't spending yeah. as much time in the arcade. 
mastering games. I think you're right, because the Atari, the Empire Strikes Back game, which, yeah, I mean, definitely I know existed with the the, the walkers and everything and, and those little blocks. Um, but, yeah, so that that's around the time when it did it did really shift. It, it's so funny to see these arcades come back now in this retro kind of yeah. hipster fashion, which are a lot of fun to go to. But, it, it, yeah, we, we we were there, kids, when, they, when <laughs> you started to stay home. But, yeah, that might be because that Atari one, that Atari Empire Strikes Back one, probably, uh, you know, I'd rather be at home in my pajamas. Yeah. That. Did you have that one? I did not. I did not have an Atari. My, my dad had a Commodore 64, and I was told that's all you need because it's better. Uh, so I didn't have a Nintendo either. <laughs> Uh, and not a lot of stuff. I don't think there was a Star Wars game that I had, at least on the Commodore 64. A lot of impossible, uh, impossible mission um, and hardball. So what pulls you in? You talked about the immersive feeling. And, and I want to talk about the type of Star Wars game that draws. It, it's different for everybody. But what brings you in? We got, we got RPGs. We got just battles on the ground. Story mode. A lot of people love story mode. And then just silly stuff. We're going to talk about Lego as well. Oh, what yeah. What pulls you in? You know, I think all of it pulls me in, but the solo missions and the battles, I think, are what pull me in the most. Mm -hmm. Uh, You and I have both talked about that we have this huge hole in our uh, Star Wars video game experience because I think neither of us has played Knights of the Old Republic. We should have, that should have been up uh, in my preamble up (laughs) top. The caveats. The caveats up top. Yes. We know. We're sorry. I'm going to download it to my iPad. Literally get hate comments. I mean, actually nice hate comments. Like, people were fans of what we do. Yeah. But aggressive in their feelings that I should play it. Absolutely. It it would make me a more well-rounded Star Wars video game fan, certainly, to have had that experience. (laughs) There's... uh, I think the experiences that I spent the most time on Mm -hmm. are mission-based and battles. Uh, Rogue Squadron for the GameCube. I spent an insane amount of time on and really worked to get every gold medal at whatever was higher than the gold medal, mm-hmm. you know, where you had to do ridiculous things like shoot every tiny little person on the ground, yeah, you know, yeah. in order to get the number of kills. Uh, in the the first time I played that big battle of Endor mm. in the Rogue Squadron for GameCube was like the, one of those moments of, I have been waiting for this my entire life. I truly uh. feel like I'm in the battle of Endor, like... Uh, as dumb as it sounds, like, well, you turn around and you smash into a TIE fighter because there's just so many. Yeah. There's like, too many of them. Turning around is dangerous. Yeah. Uh, and I think I've told this story uh, on the podcast before, but I was living w- with uh, my girlfriend at the time. She had to go do a show. I was supposed to entertain, I believe, her cousin. Yeah. And I had my separate uh, room with my video game in it. And it's just like, I know this is wrong but I'm going to play this because I just unlocked that level. And it was just like, well, I, I think I came out and it's like, I'm, I'm just going to play for a few more minutes. And then like four <laughs> hours later, you know, like that's, all, that's how it is all the time. There's been times where, you know, you, we generally force center one record earlier in the mornings here, sometimes our normal session, but like on a Saturday or something. And I'm like, I got an hour. Joseph's coming over at two. <laughs> Ooh, all right, we're going to play some MLB the show. We're going to play some Battlefront. We're going to play some Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're, you're lucky we record. Like I'm surprised <laughs> I answered the phone to let you in. Yeah. It seems how all games go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the design to keep you wanting to do that. Yeah. But so for you, it is, it is kind of specific story slash battle. Yeah. Immersion is key. Wish fulfillment. You use that excellent term. I get that. Yeah, I like missions. Missions hook me of yeah. like, you need to stop this. You need to rescue this person. You need to, you know, set this timer yeah. and blow this thing up. That's, I think it's also just because life can be so frustrating when you have long, long-term yeah. goals. 
And it's so nice to just sit down and go, well, the battle droids need to blow up the Republic gunships. And I did or I didn't, and that's it. Do you like the movie adaptions? Um, The Revenge of the Sith one was actually, I remember being pretty good. I played that with my friend Paul a lot. Um, did you ever, were you like, oh, cool, because they don't really do them as much now, the Lego ones, but like back then it was like, oh, cool, we got the Attack of the Clones game or whatever coming yeah, out. Yeah, I really, really miss those because uh, mm. one of the other big experiences uh, was NES playing not even really very good Star Wars. Yeah. You know, I think they, it was kind of cartoony. They had big, dumb bubble heads, and it was just oh, like, yeah. I don't even care. Yeah. Uh, but the Empire Strikes Back one for NES was, that was also right. like a huge yeah. deal. I remember uh, in the Cloud City area, you had like a levitation ability, so you could jump off Bespin mm. as Luke and then levitate yourself back up, you know? <laughs> uh, Change cannon. Yeah, and I've, the the Phantom Menace, uh, mm. ridiculously convoluted story is, you know, why I love Team Toe yeah. Peglius, because that's the one where you find out that he's uh, drunk. Drunk. Uh, yeah, I I like playing through the stories, and I really miss that. That's it's interesting. I I generally just in video games overall, I don't go to the the, the video game adaptations other than Moonwalker for Michael Jackson's movie. <laughs> I did play that a lot on the Sega. Um, so the Star Wars ones don't pull me in because I figure I don't know. I'm always you know it's already there, but I do love I do love stories. I mean, Red Dead Redemption is my all time favorite game, and, and I I would want a Star Wars one like that. That's what they we want. That's what we want Fallen Order to be or uh, a role-playing game that's, you know, open world, all that stuff. I do want that, but I, I like being contained a little bit and having fun with just battling it out. I also, I, I, I am a real-time strategy type of guy. Okay. Lost a lot of hours to Command and Conquer back in the day. Okay. Um, and I think there was, someone out there would will correct the name, maybe you remember, there was a Star Wars version of that. Yeah. That they tried, and I was all excited for it. And I think by then I just, I just, I was moving to L.A. or something. I didn't, never, never played it, never got into it. Yeah, I mean, there's so many Star Wars games. I look at the amount of hours I've played games, and then I remember, like, oh, wow, I just entirely missed this huge game. Yeah. You know? What about silly? Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Lego Star Wars here now, because I think it's both a movie adaptation, tells the story. Yeah. But the, especially the first ones, before there was dialogue in the Lego games, which sometimes I think was a little better. Um, uh, it, it's, it's pure silliness. And... I like that for myself to kind of jump in and be reminded that, you know, we can still have a little, not just for Star Wars, and but, you know, let's just, not every game needs to be completely detailed about what gun you're going to use to, to use, you know, you know, um, so I like just having some bricks. Yeah, I think silly is good. I think having a wide variety of ways that you can interact with the world of Star Wars where you can just sort of, uh, if you like Lego, you can immerse yourself in the fun side and you can also just kind of, I'm running around, I'm putting some things together. Yeah. A fight is basically just uh, would Darth Maul and Obi-Wan <laughs> whack their Lego sabers together for a while and there's not a lot of finesse. And then on the other side, you can be like, yeah. I need to level up my TL-50 on the assault trooper and I need to get the yeah. next level of, you know, so it can... Get some credits. Yeah, I can toss some impact grenade. Yeah. 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 And I feel like everything should be re- represented. Yeah. I mean, that's why, I mean, the Force Awakens Lego game is really fun. Some great dialogue. Leia saying Wookiee cookies is one of my, <laughs> and it's actually Carrie Fisher. It's one of my greatest little <laughs> things there. So I, I do like that from time to time. But whereas I love Battlefront too and just in all the battlefronts I, I really do like getting and feeling like it's realistic and yeah that immersion kicks into play which uh, makes me think of this so i so i do love that kind of stuff give me a stormtrooper helmet put it put it on hello greed and i were talking about that on spotlight so he just lo- a grunt on the ground 
Yeah. You know? But you, though, I know, we'll get maybe more specific into Battlefront 2 later, you do love the heroes. You love the villains. Do you love playing, like, an existing Star Wars character? Do you need it to be that? I don't need it to be that. I like that because it does really fulfill this, like, huge fantasy. Mm -hmm. Like, when I'm playing Battlefront 2, I have to take a step back, and especially, like, a character like Yoda. Right. Like, Darth Maul, Rey, whatever. They've always been fighters. Yeah. But to think that I was introduced to this wise Muppet in 1980, and now I'm running around with him on Bespin, pushing people over ledges, you know, and cutting people down with his lightsaber while he jumps up and down and laughs. Like, there's just, like, it's such a way to connect to characters in uh, unexpected ways and just, especially in Battlefront 2, they've done such a great job with their body language. Yeah. That it's just so... Uh, real in a way. And the dialogue. You always find little fun quotes that the characters oh, say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Darth Maul saying, fight me. <laughs> uh, Yoda saying, it's almost time to eat. Yeah. I, so many great ones. I was playing. I think I was streaming last week, and Palpatine, I wasn't controlling him. He was in the battle. I swore I heard him say, I am the Senate. <laughs> and it was like, we're in the middle of a battle. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. Is this? Uh, yeah, I, and I love that they uh, interact with one another. Uh-huh. With, like, I think I told you there was yeah. a time that Palpatine saw Chewie, and then he's like, mm, Skywalker's Wookiee. Because, like, they're giving real thought to, like, what what, what would Palpatine think of Chewbacca? <laughs> that, I like that a lot, because I, I, again, grunt troop on the ground type of character guy myself, but because I get I do get oddly hung up, specifically in Battlefront, with a little bit of, well, that Ray wouldn't be here. <laughs> Ray wouldn't be yeah. on Naboo yet that we know of. Yeah, so, you have to believe in some sort of like Doctor Who, like time scooper yeah. technology where... Which is completely silly of me, but I do, there's a, always a beat where I'm like, Maul versus Ray is a great super fight. Yeah. But, I, don't <laughs> but I, I mean, I do like both. I like when you can really build a character sort of uh, yeah. from the ground up where you get to know them like Iden. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I and that, that book, Battlefront 2, Inferno Squad, I mean, I was so ready to play that game because I felt I got into And the book's a little different. The book doesn't go all action. It's a little bit more... Yeah, it's more espionage. Espionage and thriller, that type of stuff, and a little mystery. And I just felt I knew that character of Aiden a lot more in that story there. And uh, one of the things, you talk about this immersive world that, that we love, and it's going to put you into spots and, and locations that we're so familiar with in the Star Wars galaxy. But the power of video games, the the uh, the, the way you, you play them and become attached to certain levels or characters, uh, it can affect the way you view movies. It did me. Has it done that for you at any point? Where you're so oh, yeah. locked in, you look at something in the actual Star Wars movies differently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had that uh, over the years. There's so many different uh, video games where I played the escape from the second Death Star, the Falcon trying mm-hmm. to race that, those flames. Right. And it honestly, it, it affected me for a while of like any time I would see a scene in a movie that I thought it would later be a video game. Yeah. Is like, ah, oh, man, am I going to have to play that? If it looked like a particularly treacherous escape. That was one yeah. sort of absurd way it affected me. But uh, with the modern Battlefront 2 playing, get, I'm getting to spend so many time, so mm-hmm. much time in this different kind of time with characters yeah. that I found myself wanting action figures that I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I, I'd yeah. want that. But then, like, I saw a Flame Trooper at Comic-Con, and I was just like, I have to have the Flame Trooper, because now I feel like, I am the flame trooper. I've been the flame trooper. <laughs> I am the flame trooper. I am the flame trooper. Uh, and I, I always wanted a death trooper, but I made yeah. a point to go get one on eBay yeah. because I love 
playing the Death Trooper, and you know, in Battlefront Two, it's you you get to if you're already doing well, and you yeah. build up your battle points, you get to be the Death Trooper. Yeah. And now it's I've got it uh, on my coffee table, the Death Trooper action figure. So when it I've done well and I can unlock the Death Trooper, I'm like. I look at that action figure. Like, all right, all right, pal. Here we go. Don't let me down. You're lightly, supposed to be real badass. Lightly pat the figure. I'm so bad with the Death Troopers. I oh, love because yeah. I love the design of the characters. I love them in Rogue One. I love their I love their weird sound. Um, I'm so bad with them. I don't you, know. Do you get overly aggressive? I think I do. Yes. Yeah. I feel safer. Yeah, in that, and then yeah. when you have another good player, you, they can see like, oh, that's a cocky death trooper. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be easy to take out. It's not like you're invulnerable now. You just have more yeah. hit points. No one, no one likes a cocky death trooper. Yeah. For me, what changed it, and I think we've discussed it in other places, but you want to talk about us being prequels here. The mm-hmm. switch really began with that second Battlefront in in uh, the mid two thousands. That is where just playing the clones was kind of cool, regardless. But on Mustafar. And hearing when some of the when the, the Padme's ruminations score piece would come up in that level, because it wouldn't always come up. Sometimes you'd be on Mustafar and the old classic Star Wars stuff would be playing. But you run around as a clone um, or as a droid, but mostly when it's a clone, on Mustafar, on a yeah. pretty detailed map, especially for the time of Mustafar, and, and Padme's ruminations is playing. I just, it was the first time I remember maybe I like this era more than I'm admitting to my friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was really fun. I feel like if you're somebody who uh, still struggles with the prequels, mm-hmm. Battlefront 2 is great for that too, to just appreciate the design. Because I mm-hmm. find myself just really loving being on Naboo. Yeah. Uh, Camino, And yeah. just like really appreciating the design and the aesthetic. Yeah. And I've spent so much time on Camino. I can't wait to rewatch Attack of the Clones. And just feel that deeper connection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The clones, we talk about Star Wars designs and Phasma and Fett and all the, and, and I think Death Troopers. Aiden Versio is one of my favorite, favorite, most favorite designed characters in the Inferno Squad uh, team. But yeah, the Clone Wars really put, up, put forth these great just Star Wars designs. And to yeah. run around and play as a clone trooper. It's pretty damn fun. Yeah, and you can fight in their little bunk room. Yeah. The clone <laughs> troopers also actually, yeah. really motivate me, right? Uh, they motivate you? Yeah. Is it well, you brotherhood, play. the teamwork? What do you... Exactly, yeah. because I, that's always one of the most powerful things to video games of, like, yeah. do I care about finishing this mission? Like, of course I care as a player. Yeah. If I'm playing as the Imperials, I want to kill the Rebels, of course. But when they're shouting, like, we fight, we win. Like, <laughs> We were born to do this, like, together. For the Republic. There's so much about them that is, it just resonates what I already like about those characters of, like, they were born to do this. They're trying to do the right thing. They have no idea they're being manipulated. They Mm. deserve better. Mm. Like, yeah. yeah. See, you pull in. You pulled into it. Pulled into it, indeed. Yeah, I love that stuff there. Let's dive into the different eras. I want to break this down as best we can. There are so many games that we're going we're gonna to miss some. So if you're listening out there now and you're like, talk about this at the end of this episode, you want to add something to the conversation, please reach out. We'll tell you where. Use the hashtag Force Center. But we're going to go through. So we kind of talked about our first one. Uh, we both share a love of that original arcade game. That's kind of the early era. But anything from that I'm forgetting from the early days, pre-90s, that stood, stood out? Or is it just the NES stuff? And No, for me, it was NES. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was same, it. same here for me. So in the 90s, an explosion begins. Yes. Uh, Lucas, uh, Lucas Arts was creating games, video games, make this giant leap forward. 
and you got all these systems. You talk about the GameCube. I never had a GameCube. <laughs> Sega, eventually get a Sega, eventually get a 64. All these games explode. Uh, what is your favorite from that era or oh, favorites? Wow. Uh, yeah, I would almost separate. I got the I got a Super Nintendo later than everyone, so I played the Super Empire Strikes Back, the right. Super A New Hope, and Super Return of the Jedi, and those were really mm-hmm. immersive and great. Really, you know, side scrollers really going into detail. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for me, I think a lot of my Star Wars video game memories are '99 with, and, mm-hmm. and I guess going into 2000, yeah. uh, breaking your era system a little bit there. That's but fun. I mean, uh, I played a little bit of. Um, like, uh, what is it? Uh, the first Kyle Katarn game was Dark Forces, right? Yes. Dark yeah. Forces, yeah. Yes. I, I remember it's like at one point mm-hmm. you lose all your equipment and your, uh, I think mm-hmm. Job of the Hut has put you in a pit with a monster and you have to punch it in the face and it <laughs> is right. terrifying. Yes. Uh, I played a little bit of that in the late 90s. Uh, but I was a Nintendo guy, you yeah. Know, so I mostly had Nintendo stuff, and uh, there was Shadows of the Empire that I played a little bit, which is yeah. obviously huge, huge yeah. deal. That IG eighty eight terrifying uh, yes. trash scene, yes. But Shadows of the Empire was also just my first three D game, so the most mm-hmm. thrilling part of it was trying to walk straight. Well, yeah, walk straight. Uh, Shadows of the Empire is is it's so weird because I'm not a you know everyone knows here I'm not a huge Dash Rendar fan. I don't like his elevated place of legends, but, and, and I didn't read the novel. I never read that novel. So Prince Zizor's a boss <laughs> character to be, I don't, but I cannot deny Shadows of the Empire, that first level, you're on Hoth. It was the most realistic version yeah. of the Hoth battle at the time. And you talk about immersion. I f- could never get those tow cables to work. No good shot Jansen for me, but that, <laughs> that, that is always one of my favorite sequences in any Star Wars game. Yeah, tow cables have haunted Star Wars video gamers for decades <laughs> now. Time. All sorts of different mechanics. Long time. So that that one stands out as one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. So for me, there's poking around mostly that those Super uh, Nintendo games and then a real explosion in 99-2000 with Phantom Menace where I played almost everything. Oh, and we got, uh, we got Pod Racer in the 64 here in the house. Um, I, my favorite game from this era, the nineties, particularly the mid nineties is TIE fighter mm, yeah. on, on PC. I don't do PC gaming now, even though people in my Twitch stream yell at me constantly to do it. I don't, I won't. Um, but TIE fighter, cause the X wing games had been out and I think eventually there's TIE fighter versus X wing. Right. But I had to get TIE fighter because even then. Even then, an imperial. I was an imperial. (laughs) Cooler toys, and it is got a good story mode. I think at one point you're escorting Palpatine, and he's in a you know a a shuttle Tidarium, which really is a Lambda class shuttle, and it had a little bit of a weird story to it. Nice, and that was one of those games that I lost when this came out. I think I was out of high school, so college, you know, junior college, whatever. You got some days you're going to school, some days you're doing your day job, some days you're just home alone, you know a freewheeling adult for the first time. Yeah. I lost like 10 hours to TIE Fighter. <laughs> One of those like, I'll just fire up the discs. We put them in and then boof. Yeah. And I, I we didn't have a, a computer in the house growing up. And then mm-hmm. as soon as I did start to get them, I realized, oh no, I cannot. Uh, <laughs> if I unleash my video game anger, when things don't go well on yeah. a computer, and I've never been a, a PC gamer because like, because of that. I, if I can't risk hitting this thing. Look, there's something. There's something uh, when you talk about Knights of the Old Republic, and when it, it, it's not that I've never looked at it or seen the trailers and thought, "Well, that looks really cool." It, it is not that. There's a part of it that I know. 
I've got I've had some friends that have gone to therapy for World of Warcraft. I have some friends who've had their marriages put on the line because of World of Warcraft. Yeah. So any type of that kind of thing, a nice little republic could fall maybe into that category. Oh, you mean like the the modern, uh, yeah, big role playing one? Yeah, 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 yeah. That that yeah, not the early stuff. That's why the whole I just back off on it a lot. Yeah, the massive uh, multiplayer. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I hadn't before then. I haven't had didn't didn't really. Take I don't have up. the strength for that. Yeah, you have to be careful. You have to be careful. So that's uh, that era. Yeah, and you're right. You, we start stretching into a new era with the with Phantom Menace, a new era of Star Wars marketing. We saw it in the figures, and sometimes it was an overload. Saw it in my Pepsi cans. Uh, Pod Racer is damn fun. And again, there's a game that a lot of people are like. I hate the prequels. I mean, yeah, Pod Racing game is pretty pod cool. Ra- <laughs> it's it's long and boring in the movie, but I did it for <laughs> hours on the video game. Yeah, yeah, that one. Good. Um, and then what? When does uh, Master Satarakasi come out? That is late nineties. I believe. It late 90s? I believe. Uh, I think I got it in the late nineties because the mm-hmm. uh, Kinkos can come for me now. We were given, uh, I think, a gift card to Target because they had decided that we should buy our own work, nice work shirts. <laughs> and I just went and bought Masters of Tarascosi. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, maybe, maybe I should. I know people, I, I've had people come after yeah. me before, or uh, not come after me, say, I like Masters of Tarascosi. Right. It, it was not a game that super held my interest, because I was a big Mortal Kombat fan, yeah. but it just for, for me, it didn't translate. It got very samey. It got very repetitive. Well, it did, yeah, because I, I was a Mortal Kombat guy. I'd go to the arcade at the, the movie theater, and I loved the first movie in the, th- in, the, in the theaters there. But yeah, there's an example of it. It's like, it didn't work for me having Vader versus, you know, I don't know, Boba Fett, whatever it is. I, I, I never played Tarascosi, but just seeing it, I just didn't, didn't pull me in. Yeah. That's the, what is this? They're just having this fight? Like, I just... I just <laughs> uh, and uh, where as much as I love the Lego silliness, that to me was just silly. But I I do understand and love the reference in Rogue One. Oh, that it's great. Uh, excuse me, Rogue One Solo. Sorry, I said uh, Solo. Um, where where Kira just says, "Oh, it's Tarascosi. This is a reference to something a lot of you like. <laughs> like this is a video game. This is yeah, yeah. yeah I love that. Yeah, a with a uh, whore and thock. Yeah, yeah, I believe. Yeah, um, great moment there. So, but this, then we do move into this new era. So. Uh, I, I think for me, two games come to mind, and I, you might be in the same mind. But yeah, the the, the Battlefront Two, the original, and then the, and the first Battlefront Two, yeah, played a lot. And my my roommates at the time, we we used to love. That was a all of us come home from work, fire up the barbecue, grill some carne asada, and sit down. We'd all just play Battlefront Two. Good memories there. But uh, around this Force Unleashed comes out a couple years after this era, and that to me stands out as still one of the kind of one of the standard bearers for what game, Star Wars game should be. It yeah. could be. Yeah, and I think I kind of missed out a little bit uh, from a Star Wars perspective, mm-hmm. but from a life perspective, I mm-hmm. probably made some better choices around Good. that time. So, yeah, I was super obsessive for, you know, I played the Phantom Menace uh, game, which was 2000. Then, like, 2001, I think, was uh, the Jedi Power Battles, where you kind of played through mm-hmm. the Phantom Menace story. Uh, right. But it's different Jedi, and they all had different colored lightsabers because this is before Lucas decided yep. that Jedi only had blue and green. Played the all all diff- the different Rogue Squadron mm. games really obsessively. Had a bunch of friends who got super obsessed with Super Smash. Yeah, so we would Super Smash all the time, and uh, I made other maybe not great choices. But at that point, <laughs> my life had uh, taken some damage from the <laughs> video game intensity. And uh, around that time, so like that's like 2003, 2004, 2005, and yeah. that kind of window is when we're talking about for yep. these games. Yep. 
I needed to, I needed, it was a time in life where I needed to take a step away and not be in it as much. And so, I feel bad that I missed out from a Star Wars perspective, but sure. probably good for life choices that I took a break. I, I absolutely uh, would agree with that there. So so, so, what you, so Battlefront, Battlefront 2, the original versions, you just didn't spend a lot of time then? then no, I just didn't get them. And, yeah, I, and yeah. it was, at that point, I was really specifically Nintendo. And all my good. friends had Nintendo, and that's what I did. I, you know, Brand loyal. I was brand, brand loyal, and I and I paid the I paid the price. Uh, yeah, did you play Force Unleashed? I started. It, this I, is a little different. Little a couple years after, but that was really in that era where uh, was it for the Wii? Yeah, it was for the Wii, where the Wii was trying to be yeah. realizing like, okay, we do need some of these outside titles, mm-hmm. and their Force Unleashed. When I played it, and people listening might have had a different exp- uh, mm-hmm. experience, was super janky. Oh, and the Wii. And I had gotten okay. frustrated that like some of the Wii games were great, yeah, and then some were just like, ah, this is really frustrating to play. And yeah. when I tried to play it at a friend's house, it was really frustrating to try to play. Yeah, the Wii was tough for me to get. get Wii Fit, I could do some uh, uh, some uh, ski jumping. Uh, yeah, I had that game and Animal Crossing, and that was about <laughs> it. Uh, and it was a, ba- a home run derby game I could play. But yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't imagine playing Force Unleashed on Wii, even if you're flipping the controller on the side and using it in a classic console set. That yeah, way. there was a uh, port of Resident Evil Four that worked perfectly. Mm. You just pointed the damn Wii, and your gun went exactly where you wanted it to go. And to yeah. me, like big Bond first person shooter fan, yeah, like yeah. that's what the dream of the Wii was. But then there'd be games like, uh, like <laughs> that's the dream, the dream of the, of the Wii. Wii. The dream of the Wii is alive in Portland. Portland the dream Portland. of the Wii alive, <laughs> says Saw Gerrera. Uh So I think I really missed out on Force, Force Unleashed. I, I hmm. yeah, I, maybe that's something where I would like to download I, it on an Xbox or a PS4 if yeah. I can and, and revisit it. I, I would. I actually would think that's that's uh, a worthy thing. I mean, the story has no meaning now, but at the time had a. Great story of this, uh, you know, kind of canon, uh, not canon version of this formation of the rebellion. And I, it, it, I remember getting to the end of that game and thinking, yeah, this could work. Yeah, yeah. I could get on board with this as a story. Um, Sam Witwer is a star killer is, is pretty cool. Juno Eclipse is a is an interesting <laughs> It's just a blonde bombshell imperial officer. All right, we're good. Uh, Proxy the droid. I mean, this is there's, there's some entertaining stuff in there. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. And the gameplay and the story kind of all mix into one for me. Okay. It has, so especially coming out of Battlefront 2 in 2000, was it 5 or 6 is my favorite, or a little bit later, I think they were. I can't remember exactly. Um, it's my favorite Star Wars game at that time, you know, the second Battlefront. And then so, you know, this comes along and, and uh, it's got the gameplay that made me feel like I was doing Battlefront, but I had purpose. Yeah, had story. Yeah, and I think I the Starkiller name gave me pause too because yeah. uh, when I was a kid and we had duplicates of action figures, my brother would insist that his was the real character. So he had Luke Skywalker, <laughs> and then he named my Luke Skywalker action figure Duke Starkiller. Oh, well, you know, and that had become like a joke of like, this is what my brother made me do. He made Luke be Duke Starkiller. And there's like, there's an actual Star Wars thing where the guy's name is Starkiller. And now here we are. Better than Luke. Base. <laughs> the se- yeah, the second Force Unleashed uh, fell short there. But yeah, definitely worth the replay. Definitely uh, um, uh, some interesting stuff in there when you get to fight Rancors. I mean, yeah, yeah that's always a good thing. 
Um, and then uh, we we were talking about you and I both love the Battlefront series right now. The, the, we, this is now where you're now fully engaged in Star Wars. Almost too engaged Almost again. Almost too engaged. So where I played a little bit more of the Battlefront classic, that's fine, but you did take some swings through it. So uh, the differences now and then, uh, I want to try to talk about that there. Obviously, the look and feel is going to be different, um, but some people I know are still like, ah, the first the first batch was better. Um where, where, what, how do you? I know it's hard to contrast, compare. I'm t- talking out loud, but where, where do you think about this now? Where, where does your mind go on these two? You games? know, it's hard for me to compare because I, I didn't play the original Battlefront mm. uh, a bunch because I was afraid of it uh, Fair. for my life. But also, Battlefront Two, the modern one, is hard for me to compare to anything because it is me truly getting back into what modern gaming is. Right, and I know we're going to talk about that a little bit, but mm. I guess I'm more interested to hear your perspective. Yeah, how do, how does it compare? In I know it's similar in terms of like you might be on similar levels, you mm-hmm. might have similar missions, but that that was before the full rise of mm-hmm. online gaming. Yeah, totally, totally. The the ongoing it was me and my roommates. Like it that, was in that, person. Yeah, that felt as online as it could be. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it's um, pretty amazing. And, and yeah, we'll talk about online versus offline now. But but um, but the first Battlefront in 2015. I'm so excited for it because, you know, we'd always heard rumors of Battlefront 3 and you see some of the concept arts, Evil Obi-Wan, all these kind of things. So the fact that this game was coming back to life, but a reboot, and I was on board for that. I think they did such a good job of capturing it, problems and all. Um, I think, I think, and again, not from a quote-unquote official gamer standpoint, I think the Battlefront, Battlefront 2 games of, of these last couple of years are a lot better than people want to give them credit for but that's that's different um but but i remember sitting down and playing the first time and just going yeah this feels like the fun i had 10 years ago okay i i think there you're always gonna have improvements in games but there's nothing i didn't feel anything was lacking when i played in 2015 uh connecting to how i felt 10 years ago i was like this is this is this is great they brought this back yeah, and that was a victory for me. And back in the day when you're sitting on the couch with your buddies mm-hmm. was it that feeling of immersion of i get i remember what Mm -hmm. what fans uh, friends kept telling me is like you can shoot at ewoks and like this is a dream come true for the uh, (laughs) small window everybody's cool with ewoks now but i swear i swear younglings it was true there was a time when people did not like ewoks so friends my age were like you can shoot ewok was it just that like i can't believe it i'm here i'm on endor i'm a stormtrooper this is for real yeah there was that feeling i used to love going on uh I think it's the uh, first Battlefront 2 going on Kashyyyk. That was the first time really for those games where suddenly biker scouts were also snipers. <laughs> That's where it all began. It's like, well, we need a sniper class. Biker scouts will do it. And now it's kind of become a thing. Yeah. Uh, I think even Star Wars Rebels, there's some biker scout snipers, if I remember. At some point I remember seeing it. And definitely in the current Battlefront games. So I I love being on Kashyyyk and you'd have a sniper uh, so then it was a clone sniper, and you're, like, tracking a droid. Oh, and I'm nice. like, I feel like I'm here. I feel like I'm here. And then that's kind of the feeling with the current Battlefront, too. That is that is a, a boots-on-the-ground kind of immersion for me. Uh, and, you, you know, we I, I love my war over lore, so I love just feeling like I'm, I'm in a Star Wars battle. Yeah, you're just a troop, and you're trying yeah. to do your best, and you're being strategic to the best of your ability. <laughs> it's like, and I fail often. <laughs> I fail often. Uh, but one thing stands, you and I both uh, love these games now. We, we played the first Battlefront, but I think this second Battlefront, too, we played more. Yeah. Than the, than the, even in 2015. Um, 
What uh, what keeps bringing you back? I kind of know what keeps bringing me back, but what brings you back? It is the immersion and the flavor of being these characters, mm-hmm. being in these environments. But it is also for me just getting back into gaming a mm. little bit and getting back into that. Okay, how many more uh, kills do I need to level up my DL fifty? <laughs> I said it as a joke, but it's because it's on my yep. mind because I just leveled up my DL fifty. You need to uh, get that secondary fire. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Getting into that really sort of a pedantic stuff. And like I was saying earlier, we're like you can spend too much time on it, but it also can be really healthy. Of like mm. life is a long journey. Mm. Uh, careers, goals are long journeys. It's nice to have, like, here's a defined goal right. that I can do for an hour. I stated hour, and then maybe do for yeah, more yeah, than an hour, yeah, maybe yeah. I'm a problem. Uh, but also, for me, uh, I don't, like I said, I don't have anything hooked up. I can't communicate with these strangers online I'm playing with. Right, right. But this is a new experience for me, and I've noticed that names pop up who play the same level, kinds of levels that yeah. I like. So now I know when a certain name pops up, like, oh, that that player is very good, and even to the yeah. point where, like, I know that player has this specific trick that they do on this level. Oh, really? So I'm going to watch my back if I'm in this corner because <laughs> I know they know about that corner and I know they're going to try to snipe me. Yeah. And getting into uh, that uh, very awesome. strange sense of community because I'm not yeah. connected. I'm not talking, not talking to people. Yeah. Uh, but there is still, a, like, in sometimes just watching people play, you can know this is a group of people who know this level really well. And right. this is a group of people who've never been on this level before. Oh, be and just, uh, figuring, figuring things out uh, without direct communication, communicating yeah. only through the way you play a video game is a weird experience. It's really weird. I see it a lot in Fortnite now uh, that you can't kind of use some little symbols to communicate, but yeah, it's weird. You're like, you get the message. Like I see which way you're pointing. All right. I got right, it. I'll We've been here there. before. We know how to do it. We each have certain skills because I'm not good at building, but you might be. Yeah, it is. It is kind of fun. So that, that that I love that that that's pulled you in. For me, it is just I still marvel at how beautiful the game looks. It is beautiful. And the first Battlefront two as well. Like a level on Tatooine. Okay, I keep remembering. Like God, it was so good. Yeah, no, there is just this. I won't get my catch myself just wandering. Kashyyyk, Naboo went searching for that picture of Padme. Oh yeah. And I don't just, know about this. What's that about? Uh, in Naboo, yeah. Uh, if you go downstairs, uh, there's pictures of queens. Oh, nice. And there is the one of, of uh, it's uh, Padme. It's kind of like her end of the Phantom Menace outfit, Peace Orb. Is this in the uh, the story mode? No, 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 okay. no. It's just in the Galactic Assault when I oh, go. Oh, nice, on, nice. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, so I just get, I love, and I think it is, this is where our experience comes into play. Just looking back at uh, you know, Atari's or the, the Wireframe arcade game and to see how just games in general we know have, have, have approved. I guess I do, because in Red Dead Redemption, there'd be days I'd just wander around on my horse. Yeah. There'd be days I'd get on the train and I'd ride the train around the entire map like three times <laughs> and just have a, have a drink and watch. Yeah. So I do kind of marvel at where games are now and, and uh, to, be, to feel that in a Star Wars world and to know that as a canon game, much like Battlefront 2 when they introduced some stuff, Mustafar, Jabba's Palace and everything, but like this canon game, like, oh, there's where Jabba takes his like hot tub bath. Yeah, that's Jabba's private yeah. room upstairs. <laughs> yeah, his party room, <laughs> whatever. And the big hookah room in the back of everything. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I would love, if, if, let's just say they did uh, the, the Star Wars Underworld TV show or movie or whatever, they continued some of Solo, and we get uh, Alden and Chewie going into Jabba's Palace, and then they are invited into the back end of that hookah room. If they did that, 
I would be blown away. Like, oh my god, that is ca- it's totally can that map is canon. Yeah, like, I yeah, love that. Yeah. So that oddly enough, that pulls me in. The gameplay and all that kind of stuff pulls me in. But it, uh, but what keeps me there is just how it looks, how it feels. You're right. The details of those maps makes the worlds feel more real. Like when you go upstairs in Maz's castle and you can be like, oh, yep. here's the rooms that you could rent to sleep in. Yep. On uh, Kessel, which is a great addition. Oh yeah. I was playing few times, and I think this was on one of my streams, and all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm booting up where the Falcon lands. And I literally just walked to where the Falcon, and the Falcon's not there, but I was like, oh, yeah. yeah that's where the Falcon lands. <laughs> like, people are shooting me. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And it is oh. there in some modes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, I, and it's those sense memory things, too, of the next time mm-hmm. I see Solo, when I'm watching the Kessel fight, I'll be like, guys, don't slap in the fluid, because that burns you. Yeah, You lose yeah. a few hit points. Don't step on that. <laughs> Never a good sound. There are, though, undoubtedly a lot of questions and, and concerns over the years of Battlefront and Battlefront 2. No one's entirely happy, and no one can be entirely happy in life. But uh, they're constantly making updates. They're constantly improving things. Where do you, though, see uh, improvements needed or maybe things that you wanted that they didn't do and might never do? Uh, yeah, I mean, just the really technical, the load times in general. Mm-hmm. I know they can only be so fast. But there is also a thing, once a, uh, if you're running through a cycle of games playing uh, Galactic Assault or the Strike or the Blast mode, and a bunch of people decide to bail, mm. you, you can just get hung up there. Yeah. And say, and you're waiting for players, you're waiting for players. And like, yeah. eh. So that some of the just kind of technical stuff where I feel like I'm using my precious time playing a video game. I don't want to use all of it yeah. staring at the screen while the CGI characters blink at me. Yeah. Uh, I, eyes could yeah. be improved. Like, eyes. The yes. model of young Han Solo looks great when he's running around the screen, but when you're just waiting for a screen to load <laughs> and he's just staring at you and yeah. blinking and his eyes dude, aren't dude. quite right, yeah, <laughs> eyes could be improved. It is that uncanny valley. It is the eyes, I think, is where it all comes down to. Get, even like in sports games, it's like, looks so great. And then the player's dead. He's just <laughs> staring into the void. It's 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 good. Yeah, I, I know they went took a lot with the loot crate system, and that's just that's a lot of the modern gaming. Yeah. And so I didn't roll up my sleeves and get into that. That fight, I understood the critiques. I don't like that someone can use money to get too ahead. It takes away some of the fun for me, for sure. But I didn't get hung up on it too much. I think uh, I saw a tweet from Drew McWeeny uh, saying that, you know, I get it, but, like, this game's fun because me and my sons get to sit around and walk around and fight on Yavin 4, and I don't. we haven't spent a dime. And if that's what you're kind of looking for, that's what you're going to get. Competitive gaming, I get, I get some of the advantage, so I definitely understand the criticisms yeah they're trying i mean and that's i think it's a big thing for a company to go like yep nope Mm -hmm. uh we screwed up clearly fans are telling that telling us that some laws might be telling us that yep and uh we're just going to (laughs) utterly correct it and that's a new and interesting experience too a video game that can be corrected on the fly oh that still blows my mind though yeah yeah you sit down and you're like oh that thing that's horrible we fixed it like yeah no i would have just tolerated that for years. Yeah. Could you imagine, you know, putting in a Mario World, uh, Mario 64? I mean, like, oh, there's an update. You get to now go to, you know, Bowser's uh, yeah. birthday party or something Luigi's like that. fireballs are different now. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Different. And speaking of that, uh, updates are such a part of modern gaming. It's always a little frustrating when you sit down to play and it's like, now downloading file, load time, four and a half hours. <laughs> And we always joke, hey, back in our day, he just blew on the cartridge and the game was ready to go. Now there's some updates. I get it. Technology's improved. Uh, I like where games are now. Um, do you love, because we got Battlefront 2 updates coming soon. Very soon, this week. I, I know a little of them, but I, I 
I go. I like going in a little bit blind. Do you as well, or do you just like you like research and know what you're getting into? I did a, I do a little reading because I want to know when Obi Wan is coming, mm-hmm. which I don't. They've just said fall, so we don't know. But I do like just seeing the little surprises, the stuff that is not big announcements. Yeah. Um, like I, I, one of the modes I really like is strike, and for mm-hmm. a while it was you played it from one perspective, and then you went on to the next level, and then just one day I sat down like. Oh, now when you're on Naboo, you play once as the battle droids, then you get to play as the clone troopers. Yeah. And it's like, hey, that's better. Yeah. And it that's amazing to just sit down. It that's <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't happen enough in life where you're just like, something sucked <laughs> yesterday and now somebody came along and made it better. I love you that. can just do that? Yeah. Fortnite's good at that too, but yeah, you should. Oh, well, hey, that's now a Viking ship. Uh and there's the big updates that we know are coming, but yeah, I like the little improvements along the way. Yeah, and good. so far in my plane of it, there mm-hmm. hasn't been anything for me that's like you took away something I loved or right. you changed something I thought was right. And I know everybody's gonna disagree on that and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but for me it's been improvements. Uh yeah, one of the things coming is uh Ewok Hunt becomes permanent. Yeah. Which I love that level. Speaking of levels and modes in Battlefront, what are your favorite modes? This is where I think you and I are a little bit different on our gameplay. Yeah, I really like the heroes versus villains. It's just the running around and fighting. And yeah. to me, in some ways, it is the most flavorful because it is this absurd. Mm-hmm. You know, when you can punch out Emperor Palpatine is Lando Calrissian. Mm-hmm. That's a good life. I mean, that's just yeah. so much fun. All the ridiculous things. Uh, I love the great wish fulfillment of doing super cool things. And then I love the comedy of making terrible mistakes that the heroes would never make. Yeah. Like when I accidentally do like a rush attack on Kashyyyk <laughs> and, you know, Luke Skywalker goes falling off the edge. <laughs> totally of his own fault. Yeah. My fault. I did that to Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I love that. Uh, but the, the strike mode. So it's like Galactic Assault, mm-hmm. but it's much shorter and you get to play the rounds. So for me, yeah. you can really focus on strategy. Right. Uh, have you played that mode at all? I have di- I have not di- taken a big dive into Strike. Uh, Blast, I like, but I am a Galactic Assault guy. Uh, and I like going, I like flying, though. I lately have been getting a little more dizzy. Um, I can fly X-Wings a lot better than TIE Fighters. Uh, but Galactic Assault, because I like feeling like it's a long battle that it's goes. A campaign. Campaign. Though some days are like, oh, I got I to gotta go to dinner. <laughs> this person's coming over to my house right now to pick me up. This game's still going, so I will give Strike a little bit. I love Extraction, uh, and I think that was on the last one, too, and they finally updated me and put on Battlefront 2. I, I like that one a lot, too. Yeah, Extraction is a ton of fun. What yeah. I like about Strike is that it you, because you get to play it from both perspectives, mm-hmm. you get rounds, you can really focus in on your strategy. Because Galactic Assault, yeah. I love, but it does take so long yeah, yeah. to play, and it goes in this huge cycle. You don't get a chance to do Hoth again and again and again and really pin down, ah, mm. this is the exact right strategy. I like that And idea. Strike gives you an opportunity to experiment with the level of strategy that is possible in this game mm-hmm. in a shorter time frame. I like that. What are your favorite maps right now? Oh, wow. Uh, I really like Camino. I love beautiful. Bespin for Heroes versus Villains. I wish mm-hmm. Bespin was available in more levels. Mm. I think for Galactic Assault, Hoth is just sort of breathtaking. It is. You uh, get everything yeah. from the you know wide out, open on the the frozen planes to deep into the details of the yeah. base you know into the medical bay all that stuff yeah. uh the hangers riding a tauntaun's pretty cool yeah riding a tauntaun trying to headbutt somebody with, with a, a tauntaun, tauntaun. Yes. is uh is deep fun mm-hmm. bespin i think might be the most beautiful video game level and yeah you know, i mean empire strikes back guy bespin yeah. is beautiful uh, yeah i uh, yeah i love i love tatooine 
going around Moss Eisley. Yeah. There's something about that there. And then that kind of ties you into the first battlefront, the, the, I mean, the 10 years ago battlefront. Um, cause you could go and you could find the cantina and so you could still have that. So I, I really love that one. Hoth is great cause it is so sweeping. Endor's pretty good. I want Endor. There's something a little bit more I want from Endor. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I think Endor, it's easy to just get lost in the woods it and is. just be like running around, not knowing where anybody else is. And it, yeah. And if you're on, unless you're on that crick walking with the walker. Yeah. Like you can't take an AT. I've, I've gotten so many ATSDs stuck on a like a path <laughs> where I can't turn around. Uh, I look like a student driver trying to figure out how to do it there. Yeah. Endor is great on strike because the, your goal there is to the is the rebels is to steal something from the bunker and then get outside to a uh, mm. a ship to awaiting you wing. I like that. So it creates this choke point when you're trying to get out mm. of the bunker. Yeah. And it's this endless endless fight because it's a choke point and it's a right. very real military strategy of like, well we have equal forces and they both have cover. Yeah. So how are they possibly going to get past each other? It's uh, I think that might be my afternoon. Just <laughs> grabbing a sandwich <laughs> and playing strike. I don't think so. Correct me if I'm wrong. In the Battlefront 2, we don't have Scarif, right? But the first Battlefront... No, we, I really yeah. want Scarif because I didn't get that experience that, on Battlefront That was a great one. update. That was a great update. I he want it. Jin and Orson Krennic with his six-shooter. Uh, <laughs> I want it. Uh, I like that a lot there. Um, you and I, I think you and I, we, we come from an era where you're used to just playing by yourself in your room with no one online there. Uh, how do you prefer to play now? And have, you, has your, have your tastes changed? Have you adapted online? You, I know. I remember you saying you were a little trepidatious at first. Yeah. Uh, you hadn't paid. I know play, that's another thing with modern games. You got to pay for the pass or whatever yep. it is. You hadn't done that yet. Yeah, but now I, you're full in. I broke down. Like I, I think I will still always love solo games like if there was a battlefront three and it didn't have a solo campaign mode yeah it would give me pause i think that will always be my primary video game experience is playing through a story where i am this one character Mm. um but yeah the 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 co-op is great the online because uh, without being connected to people uh, to talk, I might be missing out a part of the experience, but I don't get any of the negative experience of yeah. people saying awful things. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. I made this joke before, like, I am Schrodinger's cuck. I don't know if they're insulting <laughs> me or not at all times. Uh, so that's a really great experience. And I wish, and I know you and I have talked about it, I yeah. wish that I had more time in, in the right group of people to have some couch video game buddies because I do yeah. miss the experience of playing together on a couch. You ain't wrong there. You ain't wrong. It's fun. I'll put on the headphones. I'll play with the, the wangers over there. Collider. We'll do some Fortnite. I, you know, you and I should probably do it for Battlefront even more. But like, yeah, there was something about some food, some snacks, and playing. Yep. I, that was my memories of the original Battlefront series. That was what it was. And yeah. yeah, time goes on. And now I think every one of those friends are married. So that they probably wouldn't come over and play with me as much as, as back in the day. But yeah, there was there's something. Goldeneye with my friend Blair and his girlfriend at the time. I mean, hours of just laughing, eating chips ahoy until it affected me uh, physically, and uh, just playing games. Yeah, yeah. slappers Goldeneye. only. Slappers only. Slappers, such, such beauty only. So yeah, the the and the Battlefront Two solo campaign I think was a, a move in the right direction. Absolutely. And we'll see. I know there's the the game that got pulled, the Visceral Games one, and we got this Fallen Order game, which sounds darn good. So as we look towards the future here, as we end this conversation, Joseph. It's hard to say. You and I aren't developers, but what as fans do we kind of see and want for the future of Star Wars games? I'm more than happy to have this sort of uh, battlefront mode where it's uh, this sort of buffet of different eras, different heroes, different environments. Uh, but I also do want 
the really solid immersion. I do want mm-hmm. the Red Dead Redemption. Even uh, Bioshock isn't a super open world game, but even that yeah. is like you are really immersed in this story in a pretty big map. Mm. A cool thing in Bioshock is like when you're finding the recordings. Yeah. And so if you choose to listen to them, you start to really get the story. I would love a Star Wars game that's mm. a little bit more in that vein. Yeah, you see what games are doing. The Last of Us comes to mind. Just these, you know, cinematic feels. Yeah, I love getting lost in Mass Effect. I played the first Mass Effect pretty heavily. And then Red Dead Redemption is my favorite. The reason I say Red Dead Redemption is my favorite, and there's other great games, Skyrim and all those kind of things that I haven't really touched. I did touch Skyrim because I watch I watch my friend Matt Key play it and, and lose a year of his life, <laughs> and um, didn't want to do that. So, but Red Dead pulled me in because I really it's almost like a little movie to me. So that character of John Marston, like I followed and 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 felt so immersed in the world and so relaxed and so tense and all the stuff. And then, you know, would hunt a bear and be afraid, like all these things. Like, there's no excuse at this point that 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 can't be a Star Wars game. And the fact that they've tried or failed and stuff might be coming out now. I'm like, it's 2018. We have this amazing franchise. There's been some great games in its past. I, I do hope they hit a home run one day with this. I do too. Maybe I, Fallen Order is the game. I hope so. I really do. I don't know. I don't know. But in the meantime, you and I, we're just going to have fun running around shooting there, which leads us to our final question here in Force Center. We always like to go do a little silly stuff there. Uh, Joseph, if you were to build a Star Wars game around any new character creation, it has to be new. No Adventures of Obi-Wan, though. Maybe uh, that would work for you. Um, what kind of game would you create? Yeah, I'm torn. There's a part of me that would love just like a smuggler game where you're really just, it's kind of open world like Red Dead Redemption, like you really do just have to do jobs, you know, mm. for different mm. terrible people and then uh, play Sabacc games and yeah. try not to get hunted. There's also, and this it sounds like Fallen Order might get into this territory, I would love to be mm. uh, a Jedi that's really uh, fully powered. Yeah. You know, uh, not, not, not to go crazy with the wish fulfillment, but like... Uh, and I, I realize some of this is in the, the Knights of the Old Republic games, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But it would be fun to just have a, a Jedi that can do just about anything but is needs to make moral choices. Yeah. Like a game that's set in uh, sort of uh, pre-Phantom Menace times. Where, like, mm. you're perfectly strong Padawan and you just you could handle yeah. everything by just pushing Rodians off of bridges. <laughs> But you really shouldn't. You should do it. That would be interesting to me to wrestle with that desire of like ah the restless the restless Jedi yeah the, the rest, rest, restless Padawan Jedi yeah, I love that yeah I love naughty that. Jedi we'll call it naughty Jedi naughty Jedi <laughs> for me you know what I want you know what I want I really want because I lost a lot of a lot of my life to SimCity 2000 I would like to run the Death Star oh that would be amazing Death Star Commander this is the game I want. Um, maybe it's my love of Moff Jar Gerard. Build the project. And remember, I've talked talk to you about that NASA game I had. Oh, yeah. Where you choose your scientists and you have a budget and it's an R&D and all this kind of stuff. I know I would lose. I'd, I'd have to, uh, you know, I'm still unemployed in terms of a full-time uh, employee right now. I'd have to just go live with my parents because <laughs> I know I'd spend a year just managing building and building the Death Star, managing, picking staff. Oh, yeah. Equipment. I would lose my mind. Yeah, how how neat are you going to keep all those uniforms? <laughs> how much are you going to invest in that uh, that steaming iron? Yeah, from and Last then Jedi? you know, we, we there's an attack coming. Thirty snub fighters. Can you defend? Can you defend? Oh man, that sounds amazing. I would love that there as well. That is our conversation on video games. You know, a lot to say, and we are just a couple of 
couple of folks that love playing Battlefront. I'm sure you guys have stronger opinions. Uh, you can reach out at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center and let us know. We'll tell you some more places at the end. But as always, we got some time here for audience questions. That is right. Uh, we are looking at uh, questions from this one's from Twitter. Uh, Josh DeMeo asks, if Ray's parents sold her for drinking money, how could they afford the ship they left the planet on? I got some thoughts mm. on this one, Ken. Do you have any? Um, I'll I'll defer to here in a bit to hear your your theories. I thought my thought is that uh, we we have to see how all that connects up, and it might not be, or just might be the equivalent of the Jakku bus system. <laughs> Pretty much the same thing. I think yeah. that vision could be inaccurate. It's Ray's perception that they left the planet. Right. Uh, it absolutely could be that. Uh, they went from Los Angeles to Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just flying to the next city over uh, to do the drinking yep. money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that also, that it could be very literal that they got the, they have the ship. Mm-hmm. They sold her for the drinking money because they, right. it's like if you have a car, you can still not have drinking money. Yeah. And you can drive your crappy car yeah. somewhere to drink if you sell your child for money. That's a terrible <laughs> thing to say out loud. <laughs> we don't I, endorse that. Here we do not Center. endorse that. But I think that's what's uh, that's what's going on there. Yeah, I, I kind of agree there. But but great question, Josh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our next one comes from Facebook. Uh, this is Joshua Thorne. So I was wondering what Star Wars predictions that you have had that have been most off base. Mine is that I believe that The Last Jedi and Episode Nine would be Snoke versus Maz. <laughs> For some reason, I just fully believed that Maz represented the light of the Force, Snoke represented the dark side, and both would battle it out. Yeah. Obviously, that wasn't accurate at all. Any predictions you all had that had a similar fate? Hashtag speculate responsibly. That's great, right. Great question, Joshua. Great speculate responsibly. You can buy the T-shirt on our T public page. Uh, yeah, I, I'm on record because I pitched it in a movie fight. Uh, upon learning that Benicio Del Toro was cast and knowing that Snoke needed to complete Kylo Ren's training and that Kylo might be conflicted despite even killing his father, I envisioned a big kind of three-way battle between uh, uh, Kylo Ren, Benicio Del Toro is like a dark Jedi, and who was Snoke's real right-hand man, and, and Luke Skywalker. Oh, wow. That was the end of my episode eight. <laughs> That's a big one. And I still would like it, but it's uh, it's not the Luke that we, you know, would have been wrong. It would have been wrong Luke. Yeah. It's not Luke. Yeah. Unless he that's, had to. But, but that's, that's cool. Still, that's some yeah. great fan fiction, though. Yeah. And it, it failed uh, miserably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my I think one of my biggest uh, swings and a miss was how Vader was going to be used in Rogue One. I got uh, really attached to the idea that Vader would, we would see Vader being unstoppable mm-hmm. in a young rebel force would have the epiphany that this is why we need Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm, and that yeah. Vader's presence is an unstoppable force is what them made them stand up and say, well, something's happened to Kanan and Ezra because at the time we didn't know. No, no, yeah. We're Jedi-less. We can't fight this without a Jedi. Yeah. So that's why they ask Obi-Wan. That's why Luke is a new hope because they need a Jedi. And they need it. Even the score. Vader was used in a really cool way, yeah. uh, but it wasn't that. Mm. It was just that like, hey, uh, war now? Yeah, Mon Mothman Bale goes, Warno? Yeah. Uh, maybe call your Jedi buddy. Good idea. Call your friend. <laughs> yeah, and that's part of the fun, Joshua, is speculating responsibly, uh, but no one says you can't wildly speculate responsibly and looking back. And it's part of the fun. I just don't like holding to it. I also try to uh, avoid any insider tips that we may get here that sometimes there's some things we know, and I don't like to spin them into predictions. Um, I like to sit back and see the story as it comes. All right. Yeah. Two more. Mm, that's right. Moving on to our Patreon questions. Uh, Carrion Spike 
excellent uh, name, uh, asks, does Dexter Jetster survive Order 66, or as a friend of the Jedi, was he a target? Carry on, Spike, that's uh, that's the old Moff Tarkin ship, right? Yeah, yeah. it is, it is. And, and then Terex has it in the Poe Dameron comic. I still don't know why, but he has it. Ooh, intriguing. <laughs> so how do you feel about this? Do you feel like uh, Palpatine was like, by the way, Order 66B mm-hmm. is kill known friends of the Jedi? I think realistically, so to, to carry on Spike's official question, I think Dexter would survive. I think he'd survive. However, what you're saying there, Palpatine also going after friends and associates, that's very realistic. Yeah. And we always joke, we joke on Databank Brawl, we joke in other spots, you know, hey, Obi-Wan and some other Jedi getting hanging out and having a space cheeseburger at Dexter's, like, that would be known. I don't, Palpatine's not hanging out there. Uh, I don't know if, uh, you know, anyone else, if Masameda is hanging out there, but they might know. Yeah. They might know. So it makes some sense to me, but I think Dexter does survive. Yeah, I think that Palpatine, I think Order 66 was just Jedi. But I think that Palpatine would say, yep, go go get this person, this person, this person. So I think Dexter, in my head canon, was targeted, mm-hmm. but he's too smart, and he survived. Right. He might not be running that diner, but yeah. I think he's alive, giving advice, and pulling his <laughs> pants up somewhere. <laughs> I'm telling you, I would love, I would love, people might, might unsubscribe to our show, Joseph, I apologize. I would love if they make an Obi-Wan movie, and at one point, Obi-Wan gets a message from his old friend, Dexter. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> I would love that. What have you been doing, Obi-Wan? <laughs> Dexter's moved to Tatooine. Sends I him a care it. package of food. <laughs> yeah, you can't be alone in the desert there. Yeah. Our final question comes from Charles uh, Testracky. I am making a guess on the last name. Apologize if I get it incorrect. Uh, Charles says, In The Empire Strikes Back, Admiral Ozzel dresses down then-Captain Piet for suggesting that the rebels could be hiding on Hoth. He then tried to dissuade Darth Vader from deploying the Imperial fleet to Hoth. Finally, he brought the Imperial fleet out of light speed too quickly, thus alerting rebels to their presence. Do you think Admiral Ozzel was just an incompetent officer, or was he, in fact, a rebel spy? That's some compelling evidence to back that argument there, Charles. I never, in all my years of watching Star Wars, never really thought about it in those terms. The coming out of light uh, speed too, uh, too quickly uh, is a big indicator. Like, oh, maybe he was trying to give him a second. We saw Kanan, uh, not Kanan, uh, we saw uh, 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 Callus, you know, flip sides. Yeah. I think in modern Star Wars storytelling, it would make some sense. If, say, for instance, Empire was made now. Maybe, maybe. I think, though, Kendall Ozzel is so arrogant, he is just blinded by it, his own ambitions. And I think he is uh, a long line of uh, blustery Imperial officers who are their own undoing. Yes, I think it is an elegant theory, but I do like it's been built up a little bit in canon mm-hmm. that you could kind of get places in the imperial uh, society in the in the empire by just towing the party line, mm-hmm. maybe having some family connections. It seemed to be a frustration for Vader, like these officers aren't smart; <laughs> <laughs> they're not as good at tacticians yeah. as I want them to be. And I think this is just a a very bad day for Vader, where uh, his middle management person sucked. Yeah. I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I still love that Palpatine has to remind him in that comic, please don't kill everybody. Yeah, pick and choose, pick and choose. I love that. Like, <laughs> uh, And I think that was a no-brainer for Vader to kill Admiral Ozzel because he was either a spy or an idiot. Yeah. Either way, 
you had to go. Snuffed them out. Great questions. Thanks for sending them in, everybody. Absolutely. If you have some questions for us or want to join the conversation today on the video games, go to Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. We're on Facebook at Force Center Podcast. We are on Instagram as well as Force Center Pod. Website is forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. We talked about t-shirts earlier, but yeah, we do have some cool shirts on tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. I saw we retweeted one last night there, yeah, Joseph. That's right. I was home recovering from tacos when I saw you tweet out, uh, we got uh, some merch picks. If you got a pick of you and some uh, Force Center merch, let us know. Tweet it out. We'll retweet it and share it with the world. Podcasts available several spots, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and the Podomatic app. Uh, and Patreon.com slash Force Center. We're doing good stuff there, Joseph. The Last Jedi commenters on YouTube because of Patreon. That's right. And we are still building towards that next goal, which is commentary for all the movies. It will be available as uh, audio for our Patreon subscribers, and it will be available on video for uh, everybody on YouTube. So if you want to help us get to that goal, please do help us out. We appreciate anything. One or two bucks a month. Uh, We would love to have just an army of those small, reasonable. We appreciate everybody donating at any level. But uh, a lot of people at reasonable levels is what makes a healthy Patreon. Absolutely. It's part of the fun making this thing possible because of your guys' support and input as well on Patreon. We appreciate it. Uh, Joseph, you got your own things going on, too. We don't always just talk Star Wars. That's right. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out my website for comedy albums, comedy shows, my other podcast, Obsessed. That's all on josephscrimshaw.com. And you can follow me at Cadnapsack. And I've got my YouTube channel up and running my daily well now they're three times a week motivations are up there uh get motivated kind of uh with me on youtube that is it for now jennifer will be back soon we got some holidays recording schedules coming up and all that good stuff but the team will be reunited and that is it so go play some video games i know we will we'll see you next time here on force deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.